Hello and welcome to another episode of the Future Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wells, joined today by co-host Dustin Myers. We are partners at Longitude, a hospitality branding and design group. At Future Hospitality, our goal is to interview the brightest minds in the industry, gathering insights, ideas, and inspiration to share with you. If you enjoy the podcast, please be sure to leave us a review. Thank you for your support. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Matt Goodrich, principal at Goodrich, an interior design and branding firm based in New York City. Matt is an award-winning interior designer and strategist known for projects that feature rich narrative content and foster interaction and human connection. In our conversation, we'll hear about Matt's past journey as a designer, lessons he's learned while building his own agency, and find out what excites him about the future of hospitality. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. Hey, Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be with you. Yeah, we're, we've been uh, kind of secretly um, you know, uh, following you guys at Goodrich for a long time now. We really are... Uh, we admire your work and are inspired by your work and you guys are doing amazing stuff in the hospitality space. And so uh, we were really excited to have you on the podcast today and um, kind of learn more about uh, what Goodrich is, what you guys do, um, you know, the the journey thus far and uh, just kind of learn from your experience. So um, I, I know that Dustin and I are really excited to have you on today. Well, great. I'm excited to, to, talk to you about hospitality and what we're doing and looking forward to the conversation. Awesome. Well, uh, w- like always, we typically like to, for anybody that's listening that might not be familiar with um, you and, and your company, uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, about Goodrich and uh, a little bit about your background. Sure. So uh, Goodrich is a, is a branding and interior design studio. We've been uh, working on primarily hospitality projects for the last several years. And we're kind of, in addition to this hospitality expertise and experience, we, one of the things about us is we love pushing the boundaries of sort of where hospitality goes and how hospitality thinking can inform projects. So we work on hotels and restaurants, and you may have seen some of that work and know it, both from the brand side and from sort of the independent side. But also we love to take on projects we know very little about or learn about in the process. So, for example, one of our biggest projects right now is a a big new arena that's being built at Belmont Park that will be the home of the New York Islanders hockey team. And we've designed all the premium spaces. We've done a lot of uh, environmental graphics. We've done interiors, furniture, lighting and also a lot of marketing for that project. So we love to take our hospitality knowledge and push it out into spaces where hospitality thinking can improve guest experience. Yeah, I love that mindset. Really, if you're a good designer, there there shouldn't be any um, stipulations or constraints on how you can use that. Um, so I love seeing kind of your creativity and your eye for... Um, just creating spaces and creating experiences and seeing how that's implemented across different mediums and disciplines. One of the things that I learned early on in my career, I worked with Rockwell Group for uh, almost eight years. And, and David Rockwell used to say, if you've never done a project type before, you may be even better prepared to do it than someone that's done it 
dozens and dozens of times. And the idea is that your curiosity and your sort of, I don't know, zeal and excitement for trying something for this first time makes you turn over every stone, makes you ask all the questions. You don't rely on what you've done 20 times before, or you don't get uh, clouded by all of the different times you've been told no about something before. And so that curious mind, that kind of beginner's mind is often very, very powerful. And that, that definitely comes directly from what I learned from David and working with him and that ambition of let's just keep challenging ourselves because some of our absolute best work can come from not really knowing and leaning into the process, collaborating with our clients and operators to find a new sort of best answer to the design problem. Also, it's important to say that just really can't be done without great expertise, uh, collaborators who know a lot about, you know, the project typology and, you know, expert consultants and engineers. So we can't get everywhere by just being sort of unformed and, and not sort of deeply versed in something. Uh, we, we need to have great collaborators to do that. And also we need to have a very rigorous process. And we have a very strong design process that we go through for every project, no matter what the type. And we bring our clients along through that process. And that is another piece that sort of allows us to try things for the first time, because we know how we're going to go through the design process. We have some idea about the quality of what we're going to get and what we want on the other end of it, and how to bring all the stakeholders you know, into alignment on that. And so I think that really helps with with jumping into arenas that we don't know that much about. Yeah, yeah, I think that's such an important you know trait for uh, anybody really that's uh, wants to continue to grow and learn. I love the the term that you use, uh, beginner's mind. And um, you know, I think early on, like you just mentioned, you know, it's it's easy to have beginner's mind because we're actually you you know <laughs> when you first do something, you are the beginner. <laughs> right. Right. But, I would imagine, and you kind of alluded to this already, but if you if you could maybe expound on it a little bit more, you know, how do you continue to to cultivate and encourage, um, you know, challenging yourself, having this beginner mindset, um, while still, um, you know, pushing the envelope and and guiding, like you said, guiding your stakeholders through this process and being very collaborative. But what are some other ways that you've been able to kind of cultivate that in your team and your and your work that you guys do? Well, there's, there's a couple ways. I think, you know, first and foremost, we, we love to learn in the process sort of at every level. And so one way that we've tried to challenge ourselves in building the, the projects that we're doing is to work in different cities, in different countries, in different parts of the world, um, often places that we may have been before but don't know well or may have, you know, some part of our team has had a past there, like they grew up in a place, so they live somewhere, but throwing ourselves into really learning about that context. So getting up to speed as to what's happening in that market, what's the culture like, and what are what are things that are important, but also trying to uncover as much history and as many layers of, of past um, history in those places that, that may not be known. And that's a big part of our design process is to, to weave that into uh, the what we call the design foundation that is sort of the conceptual basis on which we're developing the designs. So part of it is staying curious and staying in this place where 
we're, we're constantly bringing what we know in our background to bear, but trying as much as we possibly can to learn about the places we can. And that involves research, reading, immersion, all that, which is great. Another thing I think is to really, really listen to, you know, our partners at the table. So when we're working on restaurants, to try to go beyond what we already know about how service could happen or how the kitchen could run or how uh, things are going to work operationally and really listen and be open to that. So rather than sort of saying, well, we do the interior design or we do the visual parts of the design, or, you know, whatever that is, we really want to be students of the businesses that we're working with and listen to chefs and listen to general managers and listen to sort of the philosophy that is behind in the case of a restaurant, you know, how that, how the operation works and, and be learning so that we don't rely on what we've done. I don't know, waiter stations like this forever, or we've designed bars this way, or this is sort of an old idea of how quickly service can turn around X, Y, and Z, but to, to try to really put ourselves in a very open-minded place to learn about those operations. And, we have done our best as we've begun, you know, reaching out from the very beginning to start the studio to align ourselves with clients, operators, brands that are working on the very edge of what they're doing. And a big part of that is to, to sort of set yourself up with people who don't exactly know everything, aren't working from road, aren't trying to crank out the same thing over and over again, but are really sort of pushing the edge themselves. And sometimes that would be counterintuitive. They'd say, well, you don't know what you're doing and we're not quite sure what we're doing. <laughs> you know, how is this going to turn out? But actually, usually it's a much better place because everyone's in an experimental mode and everyone is willing to see, you know, sort of how we blur these lines and how we come up with a solution that is new and different than maybe what's been done before. Yeah, I think that very thoughtful, inquisitive kind of research and immersion leading to the design decisions is definitely the way it should be done. And um, unfortunately, not always the way it is done. Uh, but I can, I can definitely tell from the outcomes that you guys come to that there's a, there's a very seasoned process in place that helps you get to those. I'm curious, um, you mentioned your time uh, working under David Rockwell and your experience at Averco kind of how did you get started and what led you to uh, starting Goodrich? So I began working in design. I originally studied fine art and worked in galleries and museums and worked directly for fine artists for many years, working as a studio assistant. And I actually pursued design to get a degree in museum exhibition design and sort of had to go through a full immersion interior design at Pratt, which is where I got my master's degree, to get that concentration in museum exhibition design. And in the process, really fell in love with interior design, actually. So again, keeping that open mind about how you're going to go through a process, I worked first sort of in branding and, and um, kind of commercial interiors and then moved to Rockwell where I learned really to be a generalist and, and how to work on hospitality, but also all types of projects before going to Avrico. And at Avrico, I really learned a very, very deep, deeply felt approach to both design and hospitality. 
and really kind of focused in on an approach and a process and a methodology that was very focused uh, on a kind of synergy between operations and, and design. And I eventually decided to, to start my own studio, not so much for any other reason than I wanted to be able to focus on a much smaller group of projects than I was able to as chief creative officer at Avrico and to just work on a handful of things that I could be very involved in from beginning to end. And so what I didn't realize was how much work it would take to set up a, you know, a design studio and a practice and build a team in order to do that. But it was, it was in a way a bit of a, of the goal was to say, what if I only had to think about six or seven or eight projects at once rather than dozens, which is sort of the scope of what we were working on at Avrico. And um, in the end, what that's allowed, you know, us to do as a studio, as Goodrich, is to focus very, very much on a handful of things on a few projects at a time and really nurture those in a way that I've sort of never been able to do in a larger studio before now. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so how long have you been doing Goodrich? So we started in 2017. So that's about 20 years, right? No, it just, <laughs> just feels like it. Um, we, we've, we've moved through, uh, you know, uh, kind of growth pretty quickly. We have 14 people in our team now, and a lot of, of people have been on the team for about three years. So we actually have a great, very kind of connected very mature studio team now. And we have been able to work on, we're primarily interior designers, a few architects. We have an industrial designer, Heinz Fischer, who works on furniture and lighting. I have an incredibly talented design director, Rosie Rainbow, who helps and oversees all of the creative that we do. And we've recently really built up the branding division led by Chris Rizzo, and have been able to sort of expand what we do. So we're, we're able to work from sort of a multidisciplinary perspective and at our best or sort of the projects that we love the most, we're working on the branding, uh, the strategy and the positioning of that project, the design of it, all the way down to sort of custom details and then helping to launch it with a really solid operational foundation. That's awesome. So compared with your original vision for what you wanted Goodrich to be now four years later, uh, post-pandemic, how is that, how is the reality aligning? Um, is, is there anything different or better or worse? Or how do you feel about that? I would say, and I have to be careful when I say this because I could jinx all of it, but I would say <laughs> where, where we are far exceeds where I was expecting um, we could could get in this period of time, and so we're we're able to work on incredibly high quality projects with like people who have been my heroes <laughs> before uh, working in design and in working in design, and and really really kind of pushing the envelope. And so I would say, in short, I felt like it would take a much longer time to build up to both the place that we are and to the level of quality of work that we are doing. That has to do primarily with the incredible people that work with me and who sort of joined very early on 
to help build the vision. And I, I'm really, really fortunate to have an outstanding team. It also, I think, comes from a piece of advice that one of my um, former clients gave me, um, Ron Sheik, who's the CEO of Panera, said to me as I was setting up the company, you have to be very careful about who you let through the door. And he meant that from both the perspective of the team and you know personnel and people that I hire, but also from clients and collaborators. And we've been incredibly careful and scrutinized very carefully who we've hired and brought into the team in terms of their fit into our culture, their personality, their creative process and sort of how they work. So we have a very collegial, very sort of flat hierarchy, highly collaborative uh, creative culture, which I think is super important to be able to do your best work. And we also have been able to work with just outstanding clients. Um, we're working right now with Danny Meyer on a few, uh, a new restaurant design and branding for another restaurant who's been one of my all-time heroes, kind of at the top of my pyramid of inspiration in hospi hospitality. Um, we're working on uh, have been working on projects with Standard Hotels, which is, again, a brand I've admired since the first time I stayed at Standard West Hollywood, uh, working with Amar Lavani and Brenna Holler on a mix of projects of master planning and sort of positioning of properties, as well as Standard Maldives, which was our first project we opened with them. And so by being very, very careful and very, very selective about who we collaborate with, we've been able to basically start, uh, in, in my opinion, sort of at the top in terms of, of the, the level of projects. And I didn't know that that would be possible. So I thank Ron very much for that advice. And I'm glad we kind of stuck to it. And, and I know not everyone would necessarily be in a position to do that. So I'm not patting myself on the back, but a big part of it was just saying no to anything that seemed like it would sort of tie us up in knots and wouldn't be a great project. That's a scary thing to do, especially as a fledgling studio, but it it's paid back sort of everything we turned down, made an opportunity for something a little better, a little more appropriate, or a little more suited to what we were trying to do. I love that, uh, that thinking. And I think, you know, it's 100% spot on. Um, I think, as you mentioned, as a, as a studio just starting out or, or someone's just starting out starting a business it's it feels impossible to do that sometimes yes um you know because you oftentimes feel like you have to take anything that's coming through the door and it does take courage to you know to say no to opportunities that might seem good and might pay well but if it's not a good fit and, and i love the advice that you know ron gave you of being careful not only from an employee perspective but um, you know, from a client perspective, I think that's really cool to hear how intentional you guys have been and how courageous you guys have been in that regard. So, um, awesome. Well, well, kind of shifting gears a little bit. Um, I'd like to hear a little bit more about, um, you know, you, you kind of alluded to this earlier about your methodology and your process and your approach. And, um, I'd like to hear just from your, um, your own words, like, what is it, how would you describe your methodology? I know on your website, you guys, you know, use the terminology of like creating transformative experiences. 
um, you know, storytelling, things like that. So what is the process like for, say, um, a hotel or a restaurant or a hospitality brand that you work with, um, you know, going through that process? What does it look like from a stakeholder's perspective, from your team's perspective, and, and all of the above? So I think, you know, it's, it's such a challenge to, to create a design that can hold together a bunch of different goals. And so obviously as designers, we have, you know, we think about the aesthetic parts of things as operators and owners, we think about the, the value, the return, you know, sort of the, the, an asset, um, it, stakeholders in a community think about how does this engage people? How does it build a community and kind of serve the, the place that it is in? And so one thing that we've done is kind of created a, a concept process that allows us to hear all of those different stakeholders or as many as are sort of able to, to sort of come together in a process and to share what the vision of the project is and what it could be. And then we have a kind of this design foundation process where we integrate those values and those ideas into direct inspiration. And the way we try to create a design, and I don't, I hope we're successful, time will tell when we do this, is to say that if our design is encapsulating the aspirations and goals of the owner, and it's very well referenced to the place that it is, which doesn't mean it has to fully blend in to the place as it is, but that it it makes sense that our design and the experience we're creating is related to the place, then it can sort of stand the test of time. The last thing we wanna do is bring design ideas from another place, another time, another culture that have no relevance to where they're going. And the last thing we wanna do as designers is show up and say, here we are with our style and we're going to paint this all over your project. <laughs> so a big part of what we are trying to do is start by experience and start by thinking, what do we want our guests in a hotel or in a restaurant to feel? And, and, and what do we want to enable them to do here? And then find our ways to build a design foundation that's related to this place so that even as design trends change and as history and culture around this project evolve, the project has the best chance of sort of standing the test of time because it's referenced to, you know, where it is and the design is unique and sort of ownable by this, this property and reflects the values and aspirations both of the time of its creation, but also has some sort of room to grow and some life to live. So we're kind of giving birth to an organism in the case of a hospitality project, a hotel or restaurant that not only has sort of a lot of history and past and aspiration embedded in it, but also is going to grow and change over time as it's operated and as guests come in and inhabit it. I think what's unique about, or, or one of the great things about us is that we use empathy and really careful listening in our process to not sort of come with a preconceived idea of what this should be, but to really listen to our client and listen to the audiences that will use the project to understand what they want and need. And then like from a very practical place, I think it's the tendency of designers who were trained as sort of visual thinkers and were trained to create beautiful visual environments. 
we have to really put ourselves in the shoes of the guests and think through their steps of how they're going to use the space and make sure that we're not designing visual things just for the sake of the visuals, but that we're designing and using the resources of a project to make a great experience. So maybe a, a good example of this, we worked on Standard Maldives, um, which was a renovation of an existing resort in the Maldives, and both for sort of budget reasons and also hugely logistical reasons, being that it's a very, very difficult to get things to the middle of the ocean. Uh, we had to be as judicious and sort of economical with our design as possible to transform this resort that was built as like a couples only resort, sort of the idea that you go there for your honeymoon and you spend time with one other person that you've come with into a social experience that was more focused on groups and the kind of amazing social culture that Standard is known for. And so we tried to figure out with these smaller moves throughout the property, how do we do that? How do we sort of turn the existing bones inside out and make sure that people are connecting with each other, that you could go there alone or with a group of friends and meet other people and spend time with them. So one of the things we did with our sort of limited art budget is instead of putting art on the walls in the guest rooms, we sourced all this snorkel equipment that would allow um, and arrange it on the wall. And it took us a while to find a white life preserver and white goggles and, and white uh, uh, flippers and all this. And we, we arranged this, this display on the wall that sort of took the place of art. But what it also meant was every guest was sort of not only inspired, but actually invited to put on all this gear, walk the two steps down the ladder outside of their room in their overwater villa, and go out to the reef that surrounded the property. Mm -hmm. And so we sort of turned it into almost like a little bit of a branded experience, but it was, it was we took all the barriers down. Um, and so this is sort of an example of thinking, what is, what is an experience we want people to have? What is one of the sort of low hanging fruit, one of the best things we can offer here? And then how do we build our design to both enable that and enhance that? so that it becomes a big part of the experience. And I don't know if everybody that stays at Standard Maldives does go snorkeling outside of their room, but I would think a very, very high percentage of people do, which I'm not sure would have happened if we hadn't sort of built that experience both into the design, but also kind of the identity of the property. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I, I was looking at that image on your website of that wall, and that's a really creative solution there. I wonder, um, I wonder if it looks too cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I would pick it up. It's so it's it's really um, visually pleasing, but I love that um, it encourages people to interact with and uh, interact with the place and just have a very memorable experience. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, because when you look at sort of the, you know, Instagram and stories and sort of the visual uh, representation of the property, Standard's done all this amazing lifestyle photography. And this sort of is a, is an experience that's kind of woven through. Um, and uh, for example, they, they sell the uh, 
float ring, you know, the sort of pink float ring in their standard store. Um, and so I think it is one of those things and we've, we've made it easy because there's icons on the wall and the things come off the hooks quite easily. Like, I think it's one of those things now these days that when we go to properties, there are certain experiences we anticipate we'll have. And, you know, they, this is, I think, one of those. I see lots of selfies and lots of photos of people uh, with this equipment. And so it, it, it's interesting how that affects as well, how people anticipate or view a property, sort of what they're expecting to do when they get there. Yeah, that is so cool. I love it. Um, what, what's one project that you are most proud of or that you're really proud of? And tell us a little bit about that. I, I think for me personally, I'm, I'm extremely proud of the work that we're doing in uh, the studio and at Goodrich. And I think there's a bunch of projects which will be opening uh, in early fall all the way through to Christmas. We, ha we have a, a lot of things that have been in long gestation, including this restaurant for Danny and a great hotel in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And a uh, really fantastic hotel in Coconut Grove. I think those will represent, you know, the things that I'm proudest of when they're complete and open. But since I can't really tell you that much about them, <laughs> um, I will, <laughs> to, you know, that, that could be round two. <laughs> I, will, I will say that I think still a super important project for me that I did when I was at Avrico are, is the Arlo brand and the first two Arlo hotels. And I think the reason for that is it's sort of represented a breakthrough for me in bringing a combination of this process of this very careful listening, as I talked to you about earlier, uh, in combination with my own sort of creative inspiration and my own sort of history and, and love of elements of design. And it represented this moment where all those things connected. And so I felt like I'd been doing a great job of leading and, and making design in, through other people's processes, my great mentors and sort of teachers, both uh, David Rockwell and, and at Avrico. But something about the Arlo project represented for me a kind of breakthrough where I understood I could bring to bear everything that I had learned and seen and my own inspiration, including Black Mountain College, which has always been a point of huge inspiration, which figures heavily in the design concept for Arlo. Um, and, and also to really think about the kind of experiences that we could create through a hotel. So if you, if you know that property, um, both of them actually uh, have a lot of communal space and shared public space. And both of them sort of have become fixtures in their neighborhood where hotel guests and non-hotel guests come in and use those spaces, which is obviously a trend that's been happening for a while um, in, in hospitality. I always think of it as the ACE hotel lobby effect. Um, but I, I think that for me, I was able to sort of see ways that we could help shape a brand experience that enabled that kind of interaction, programming, activity, um, that sort of up until that point, I hadn't really been able to imagine. So for me personally, that project represents probably a shift in the level at which I feel I could work at 
the trust in a kind of process that has become really our central process at, at Goodrich, and also a kind of belief in in myself as a designer that I probably struggled to have for many years before that as I was learning. And so I think it became a real catalyst for the work that we do in our studio now. And, uh, you know, that I think that happens for everyone, that there's sort of a project that represents some kind of big shift, you know, that opens up a vision. And for me, that that I think is what sort of on many levels just ushered in my my understanding that we could work in the way we do now. That's a really neat to really neat story to hear that. And I, I agree with you. I think um, you know, even just looking back in my my past and, and the work that we've done at Longitude, there's definitely pivotal points and these catalysts, as you mentioned, of projects and clients and relationships where, you know, it just kind of takes you, opens new opportunities for you. It takes you to the next level, opens new horizons and allows you to challenge, keep challenging yourself and moving to the next level. So um, that's really cool to hear those story, that stories of those projects that have uh, kind of been that for you in the past. Kind of as we as we shift gears from talking about you know the past and like um, your journey up until now, which has been really really interesting. Uh, you know the name of the podcast, Future Hospitality. Uh, we always like to kind of look ahead to and uh, talk about what's to come. And I know that you mentioned some projects that are kind of in the works right now, but you can't really mention. But are there any other things, whether personally, professionally, that you you know would like to accomplish over the next few years, like you know? Um, anything for your business that you'd like to accomplish or do or that are on your, your horizon? I think probably the, the thing I'm excited about in what we've been able to do, and particularly during this pandemic period, we got really creative about how we wanted to use our time and our energy when, when things were slower. Um, and we did a lot of self-propelled project work and research. And so I would say, for us, I think we feel really excited about moving into this sort of next chapter in hospitality to zoom even farther out and think about not just a discrete project like a hotel or even a multifamily project combined with a hotel, but it's just as we move, creating like a larger community around the projects and being able to think about several different related projects, for example. So I think not that we only want to work on bigger projects, but I think we see that we could bring a lot to bear on engaging community and in, in sort of bringing this whole amazing elevated hospitality experience to multiple different sort of related projects. So that's, that's one piece. I also think in this past year, there's been a lot of discussion about representation, about centering non-white voices, about histories that we've been repressing and not sharing. And I think the fact that narrative and storytelling has been such a part of not only our design process, but I think many of the great hospitality uh, design practices, there's such an opportunity to center different stories and to go into the context of these projects and to kind of use this hospitality lens as a way to open up what's being told. And I think Damon at Hospitality 
is <laughs> a visionary in this way and has been doing this well before the pandemic and well before George Floyd. He's somebody that we admire tremendously. Um, and I know there are, there are other people who are doing this, but I think all of us in developing our design and brand projects and, and our narrative-based design have an, an easy opportunity to just sort of widen our focus a little. And when we're going into markets and places to look at histories that might not be sort of right at the top of the list or might not be foregrounded in the communities where they are, and I think that's just a, a huge potential for hospitality now coming out of the reflection that we've had of the last year and a half. And finally, I think I'm really excited about the way food and beverage in particular, but also hotels is going to change. I mean, this has been a massive inflection point for our clients, our colleagues, you know, our partners in the industry. And that's been extremely difficult, but I'm starting to see the signs of sort of rebirth and regeneration and innovative operative operational thinking. And there's all these incredibly talented people who've had time to think while they've sort of been closed or, or a little bit sidelined due to restrictions. And I think there's going to be a big renaissance of, of particularly food and beverage thinking, but I'm sure hotel thinking as well. And I'm really excited about that and uh, really hoping that we get to be a part of helping to drive that and think through that and shape this next iteration of, of restaurants and food and beverage. Yep. It's exciting for sure. As we um, kind of rebound and look to the future, I know that we're excited to watch you guys as you continue to put out quality projects and um, particularly excited about the ones that you gave us a little glimpse of um we'll have to have a round two discussion for that <laughs> <laughs> yes but we just want to thank you for getting on and having a conversation with us um i think there were some really cool insights and just learning more about your process and how you guys do things was was really cool to me how could people find out more about you and stay connected with you guys well you can sort of visit our website, which is goodrich.nyc. Uh, feel free to reach out and contact me. I'm just Matthew at goodrich.nyc and look for us on Instagram. We'll be starting to share more as over the coming months, and we look forward to that. And um, I want to thank you both. We, we've been obviously working remotely like everybody else during this period. And I've been listening to your podcast and it's been kind of a lifeline to both hear how other people are handling things, but also just to be inspired and to hear all these different voices in the industry that you've, you've showcased and, and brought forward. And it's really an honor to be part of this and to be part of your, your growing library of episodes. I I'm really grateful. Awesome. Pleasure is ours. Thank you, Matt. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. We'll hopefully chat with you again soon. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Future Hospitality Podcast. If you enjoyed today's topic and episode, please leave us a review. If you'd like to learn more about Longitude, you can visit longitudebranding.com to see our portfolio of design work, read our insights blog, and learn more about our team. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Longitude Branding.